This is exactly right. Adulting is hard, but it doesn't have to be impossible. If you want to hear more about ways you can actually live your best life, check out How to Be a Better Human. Each week, comedian Chris Duffy sits down with an expert to talk about the realistic and often unexpected ways you can improve your life. This season on How to Be a Better Human, learn how thinking about death can actually make your life happier, why it's never too late to make a change, and more. Find How to Be a Better Human wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, buddy. Oh, my goodness. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Adulting. This is Jordan Carlos, and I am Michelle Buteau. And you know what the fuck it is. I don't know if this is your first episode, but hopefully it's not your motherfucking last. Sorry, I'm saying motherfucking so much, but (laughs) it is what it is, motherfucker. (laughs) Wow, coming in hot, hot. (laughs) Coming in really hot. You know what? I realized people cuss less when they have kids, Mm. but for me, like, I don't want to cuss in front of them all the time, because let's fucking be honest, but when they're at school, Oof. I'm like Andrew Dice Clay, bitch. <laughs> like, I have to get it out. <laughs> Smoking cigarettes on the other yes. side of your head like this. Little Miss Muffet. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like how I'm living my life. Because, you know, I, I like purposely put on gangster rap mm-hmm. when I go pick him up because <laughs> I have... Mo- I go to sleep with Moana stuck in my head. Wait a minute. I'm like, away, away. <laughs> like... It is not okay. Coco Melon, Encanto, Luca, um, Paul Patrol, PJ Masks. Wait. Like, <laughs> what? Okay, I'm trying to I have this. children's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm tr- I have children's music stuck in my head and nobody tells you this shit about parenting. Like, raising a kid, sure. Mm-hmm. Trying to have them not be an asshole, Okay. But the terrible children's music in your mind, like how does Lynn Manuel Miranda ever sleep? <laughs> like, does he can we check in on him? Is he okay? <laughs> no, he's out there rhyming and freestyling in his own little way. Um, I did his theater, theater nerd <laughs> raps. But I feel like I'm imagining you pulling up in your minivan <laughs> to pop smoke. Just like bumping pop smoke in the back of the car. I'm <laughs> not gonna <laughs> lie. Drill. <laughs> it's a lot of Tupac. It's a lot of Biggie when I roll up to the daycare. Wow. It was all a dream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that you? Yeah. I roll up. I'm like kicking the door, waving the full bowl. <laughs> Hi. Did they eat all their meatballs today? Say bye. And then it's head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Like, <laughs> don't you feel like you're living a double life as a parent? Sure. I mean, but I'm also, I do admit, I will play Jay-Z or like Tribe Called Quest, certain rap I do play in their presence. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like, let them know. You know, and then they'll be like, oh, those are grown-up words. We can't say them. <sighs> and what age did you start playing the hip hop? Because I'm just like, Blue Ivy's had a Beyonce <laughs> concert hitting all the moves with her. When do we do it? We just do it? Michelle, for the record, you said, at what age do I start playing the hip hop? We we are officially old as fuck. <laughs> What's the, the, the <laughs> hip hop? It's the a hip-hop. limited amount. <laughs> the hip hop that you can play in front of your kids. When do you start doing it? Um, I started probably around when she was like, when Izzy was probably around five. You know, just like playing okay. things old school, like '90s stuff that she could kind of get into. Some maybe some stuff would go over her head. You know, like some Arrested Development or Trap Call Quest. You know, just like '90s mixes like that. Now, yeah, Biggie is something a little bit different. I would play like Hypnotize, Big Papa, where she doesn't understand what what he's saying. That's always, like, fun. If they don't understand what they're saying, then it's cool. Yeah, if they like the the beat, the rhythm, the rhyme. Yeah, that was me growing up, yeah. going to Jamaica every summer. Mm-hmm. I did not know what reggae lyrics meant. I was like, sure. wax out her belly. Ow. Like, not knowing. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's yuck. But, you know, I think there is something, like, if you don't know what it means, but also... You know, this is an education for the kids, too. You know what I mean? They're going to hear it on the schoolyard and shit. Mm -hmm. You could never go wrong, though, in the car with the first name artists. Stevie, Aretha, Diana, Beyonce. If you take it back to Motown or you listen to Beyonce, then it's like those songs you can pretty much hear without 
any having to be like, uh, that that that's a little too racy for them, you know? I mean, if you're playing like the temps, the tops, things like that. The temps, the great. tops, the Diana of it all. Oh, yeah. My okay. mom used to play the Big Chill soundtrack when I was a kid. She would play the Big Chill uh, soundtrack, and that's how I, yeah. Big Chill, never saw the movie, but the soundtrack was thriving out here. Like, childhood. everybody Can I, I say, not to be a creeper, yeah. but I saw a video that your sister posted of your parents dancing, and it yeah, so it's reminded me of my parents dancing. Like, there's something so beautiful that doesn't happen anymore where... You just like fall into each other's bodies, arms? you know? Yeah. Yes, your arms, and you just melt into one person, and Aww. it's your person, and you've been dancing this two-step with this person for decades. And, mm. oh my goodness, I just love to see it. I just love to see it. I love to see happy couples, because I think we have been so— and this is also important— used to saying you don't have to be with someone if you're not happy. Mm -hmm. Like two happy homes instead of one unhappy home. But relationships is a lot of work. And, you know, the single folks out there, the people question, the people like living with somebody, respect to all that shit. But I know what I know now as a married person, like deep in 12 Mm -hmm. years. And it's hard. It's really, really motherfucking hard so when you see someone like your parents, what, 40 some odd years later? 52 years married. And I think 52 like- 52 years yeah, married. Yeah, three or four years dating. So like they've, yeah, they've been together so long. But I do feel that they- To jump into each other's arms. Oh, yeah. Golden. I mean, but you know, the getting there is hard. There were I remember when I was a kid, there were times when it was just like, it wasn't tumultuous, but there was definitely a lot of like stress in the house with three- Black children in Texas, and they were very much about the Black excellence of it all. And I think that they've really mellowed out. Part of me, when I watched the video, I was like, who are these people? But, um, you know, they, like, <laughs> they've mellowed. You guys are out the house. Yeah, we're out. They don't have to worry about you anymore. They don't have to worry anymore. They've definitely mellowed and gone back to who they were before they were before they had kids, you know? And they've entered that river again. And it's really, it's really beautiful to watch because they really enjoy their own company. They truly do. And they really love each other. And they're in love. And that's a really beautiful thing. And they're, they're just each other's bestie. Now, does that mean that they spend... They're that couple, though. On the plane, that's like, you know, like the ones that are just like, can we, I'm sorry, can we sit together? Because the tickets, we get, and you're just like, <laughs> just when you got uncomfortable, right? So, yeah, it's, it's actually, that's them. Because a lot of couples at that age are just like, you're like, do you want to sit together? And they're like, nah, all right, we've been together a lot. This is fine, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Quit yeah. trying to smush us together. That's it's so cute. cute. It's really cute. I, I loved it. They They were just in the Bahamas. They've been there like this past weekend and just having a great time with friends. And they tried to have their 50th wedding anniversary there, but because of COVID, they couldn't. So they went back and we're just having this a wonderful weekend. And, you know, it's it's great to see. This is like every conversation sometimes when people are like, we were going to, but because of COVID, we couldn't. Yeah. And so like, shout out to everybody who was meant to celebrate something, was meant to graduate something, was meant to go somewhere, mm-hmm. just was meant to. But because of COVID, you couldn't. Got upended. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Fauci. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I mean, not, not no. <laughs> no, no, I know. I, no. We love no, we Fauci. Fauci. And congratulations but, on your retirement. You know, people are saying like. Talk about retirement, yeah. honey. Him and his wife need to go take a whole ass break. Yeah. I mean, for real, for real. They need to go to the Bahamas. Yes. Get out there, Anthony. <laughs> and do it. I'm just yeah. saying like. It's a couple of things. It's nice to hear that your parents did a good job raising them children and can relax with no ailments. Because you know the minute you stop working, something happens. That fucking happens too, right? They did pretty damn well. I mean, yes. Yeah, they did. They did pretty damn well. It's the only reason why I'm squatting like every other day. (laughs) Doing goblin squats? (laughs) It's my exercise. Squatting with some weights. Oh, that's fun, right? Jump rope. I'm trying to jump rope. I'm trying a lot of stuff. Well, you got double the trouble. Like, you're trying to catch up with two three-year-olds that are just full of energy with batteries in their backs. Just like triple A's. (laughs) (laughs) Going, zooming. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. Thank God for your yard. Thank God for updated playgrounds. (laughs) I mean, we got the tetanus shots, but thank God for updated playgrounds. Come through, NYC. (laughs) That's right, honey. I feel like this. I feel like they're a testament to the fact that they definitely hung in there and wanted to be in this marriage sometimes. Yeah. Even when the chips were down. 
and things look bleak, you know, because you're a kid and you observe. Yeah. And you can tell just from like whatever energy and stuff like that, that maybe things aren't right right now, you know, and maybe this is a good patch or that was a bad patch. I never wanted to get in their business, but it was like, I was in the house. I could observe. And I remember them having it out sometimes, but like they always argued towards something and they're reaping what they sowed. It's a really beautiful thing. And they actually are having what people dream of golden years, you know? And we love to motherfucking see it because that's goals. Yeah. It's not just a hashtag. Nah, it's crazy. And my dad can dance. They both can. It's attractive when someone can dance. You don't have to sing, but at least carry a fucking beat. It's like, ugh, God. I see these, like, gorgeous bitches on their wedding days just trying to, like, fucking carry this dumb dude. I'm like, he better be rich as fuck or just... You better just have a huge orgasm every time you sit on it because why the fuck would you put up with this? Anyways, very excited to get to our guest, Jordan. (laughs) On that note. On that note. (laughs) <laughs> he's so great. He's funny. He's a comedian. He's a writer. Yes. He's a producer. A dad. He's a husband and a father. Mm-hmm. Like, what can't he do? He better be paying his taxes on time. I'm just kidding. Everyone, please give it up. How are we going to give it up? I'm so used to like, <laughs> I know, like, we got a live like audience, right? Everyone, give it up. get out of your seats. <laughs> yeah, get on your, your feet right <laughs> For now. For the one, the only, Langston, Langston Kerman. <laughs> get on your feet right now in the drive-thru. Come on. <laughs> Oh, there he is. Langston Kerman. What's up, man? He's in the building. Look at you. Come on, light-skinned Benjamin Button. Agent backwards. Come on. Come on. Was I horribly aged no! when you met me? What are you talking but about? We love this haircut. It is giving, like, BT Awards. I'm going to sing my album from 1992. It's the one song. It was the Hell hit. Yeah. It's giving Puerto Rican father of six that just got out of prison who got a new job rolling cigars. Okay. (laughs) All right. Am I good to the babies? Am I at least, am I coming back kind to the children? 100%. They loved loved you more than moms. (laughs) Oh, shit. Damn. This is beautiful. What a welcome. What an intro. Come on. Watch, is that Movado? Let me know. That's Movado, yeah. baby. That's the cheap version of a rich man's thing. <laughs> Come on, let me get this chilled alizé and let's go. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Wait, can we talk? Can we just talk about Canada for 2.2? Oh, sure. Yes. That we we should do that. Uh do you want to do you want to explain to your listeners what what the, the context of Canada Ma'am. is? Yeah, what is Canada? <laughs> What is so, I, I feel like I, I've definitely, I know you through the stand-up scene, mm-hmm. but then we both booked a pilot for Seth Rogen. Yeah, it was going to be a huge thing. I think, uh, I think we both felt like this is the one. Yeah, we were like, oh, and but plus like everybody black auditioned oh. for it and we got it. We're like, oh, fuck, book blessing. Like highly favorite, all the fucking things. Got like an international fucking visa to work Uh-oh. in Vancouver because that's where his production company is. Mm-hmm. And we're like... This is going to be amazing. Damon Wayans Jr. played your best friend slash my boyfriend in it. That's right. And we get to Vancouver. How long were we in Vancouver for? Almost a month, I think, because Seth and Evan believe in rehearsals, which is a rare thing for Mm. pilots. But they're like, yo, we're going to do two weeks of rehearsal on location so that y'all can get comfortable with the shit so that there's no chance that this pilot will not become a series. And boy, oh boy, did it not become a series. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no. I remember this. What was the pilot exactly, though? It was this show called Singularity, which was about the survivors of a human apocalypse living in like this engineered bubble run by technology and the technology starts to turn on them and and society (laughs) as a whole. It was Mm -hmm. very funny. It was written by this dude, Sonny Lee, who's amazing. It had all the parts and pieces. And Michelle, you know, just goddamn hilarious in all of it. And uh, just never happened. FX said, no, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I I think there was a lot of... um cooks in the kitchen. I think Seth Mm -hmm. and Evan have, uh, and Sunny, they had a dope-ass vision. And I think FX, and this happens all the time, they wanted it more, I don't know what the fuck they wanted it more of, but, you know, even when we were filming it, I was like, this feels like it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. It was futuristic. We had weird sneakers on. I was like, this might be something. (laughs) But one of my favorite moments with you 
I mean, there was there was a few. None of them was when we were filming. One. <laughs> I bombed throughout the filming. No, you didn't. I'm a fun hang, but boy, did I bomb throughout the filming. No, you didn't. I like to act like work is vacation, so I like to spend money and have fun. That's right. I'm basically spending the money that I'm making anyways. I'm like, I'm away from my family. Like, fuck it. Let's just have this good wine. I remember I was eating with you. That per diem. <laughs> that per diem was done. <laughs> I got like, I have this video of you and Damon and like this really expensive bottle of wine that I got. Yes, I do remember. It came in a uh, trough of some kind. It was like, <laughs> it looked like a, like a cobra, like a snake. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was a show. And I was like, why are we doing this? And then like <laughs> seafood towers, I left like with gout. I felt like a fat king. <laughs> That's what I remember most is that Michelle, I think, every other day would go back to the same restaurant to order a new seafood tower. And it reached a point where like, they, because I think they had multiple seafood tower options okay. where she had gone down the entire like seafood tower menu and it kept getting more extravagant every time yeah. she returned. I didn't know you were that into seafood, Michelle. I'm into a moment, honey. I'm yeah. into a moment. <laughs> you know, make it make sense. I'm in Vancouver. Let me see. Like I'm in a different part of the ocean. Let's see what it tastes like. That's what I'm into. Right. Like, not that into octopus, but if you stack it vertically and maybe throw in some scallops, shit. Is mm -hmm. that what you're you saying? I mean, it was mussels, oysters. It was sashimi. It was all types of stuff. It was <laughs> a different part of a lobster. Listen, they never didn't show up for the seafood tower. You know what I mean? Like, yes. they showed up and showed out when it came to the seafood tower. Wow. Were you there that night we tried to get into a strip club? I was, yeah. We were all very drunk and running the streets of Vancouver. I was pretty blackout. And then we were, yes, you were the most drunk, I think, of everybody. And then we tried to go to the strip club. And then they reject this. <laughs> Didn't they tell us, like, no, you can't. They did. You can't strip club here? I mean, they probably saw me and they were like, take it away. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> How did you get rejected from a strip club in Vancouver? That's, what, what happened? No. Did y'all scream race? I know I would. <laughs> <laughs> Al Sharpton showed up the next day. It was wild. But Langston, you have a whole episode on Bust Down called Beige Rage. Your beige rage didn't come through, bro? Uh, no, I, I don't think I was leading the charge in the strip club of it all. So I was like, yeah, I'll go home. I don't know. I don't, don't got to be here. This is crazy. Beige rage. That's my favorite. Do you get into fights? Have you gotten into fights growing up? I wasn't a big fighter. I am a... I throw tantrums when people upset me. Maybe more than I, like, <laughs> throw fists and shit. You know what I mean? I'm a... I'll storm off. I'll knock over Bro. a glass. Oh. I'm a piece of shit, but I don't. I'm not punching anybody in the face necessarily. That's not my style. You'll make a display. Okay. Yeah, it's it's more of a. How dare yeah. you, sir? Is anyone else seeing this? <laughs> Are you just gonna watch what's happening to me? <laughs> Your character, man. It just makes me laugh so hard because how far away are you from that character? I <laughs> I want to believe I'm very <laughs> far from that person, but I don't know that. You know, the the goal when the four of us wrote that show was really to to write the parts of each other that we hate the most and activate <laughs> them. So it really was Fuck. us making fun of each other and then and then creating characters from that. And so it's, you know, I am annoying and my friends amplified that as much as they could. <laughs> You're not, Lacey, you're not annoying, man. All it, right, Jordan. Not at all. I don't we'll get think there. you're annoying. You'll, you'll, get, you'll get in. See, I got to spend more time with you, bro. Like, every time we hang yeah. out, it's a fun hang. <laughs> I got to see you on a Wednesday at like 11 a.m. or something like that. Yeah, and I'm just being <laughs> yeah. neurotic. Oh, yeah, you'll get it. <laughs> That's I really don't remember hanging one-on-one -on -one with you in Vancouver. I felt like there was always a lot of people and or food. Yeah. I felt like it was a lot of we, food. We had a lot of meals together. We did. It was a great time, though. I really, that was a fun Fun shoot. Are you finding fun in other projects like that? Like, are you just like, this This is what I have to do, but also let's make it motherfucking fun? I have, but not to the same. That one, to your point, felt like an adventure in a way that I don't think I've ever mm. uh, adventured again. I've had fun on sets. I've done shit with mm -hmm. coworkers and shit, but never have I felt like, oh, man, like... Every day we wake up and we'll find a new part of a city and just walk around and then eat shrimps yeah. and, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. That was like, that was like a fucking, that was like a summer camp. Yeah. Yeah. It was 100% summer camp. I think the first night we got there, Seth made us go see Get Out together and we just all sat mm. in a... 
in a theater watching Get Out. I forgot that. You know why? Because I smoked Seth's blunt. That's right. Yes. Everybody was And dumb I forgot. High. <laughs> I wish I was better at smoking weed. You smoke Seth Rogen's blunt? Yo. I mean, that, that sounds yeah, like Yeah, you better a... start that rumor, too. <laughs> you better start that rumor. Michelle Buteau smokes Seth Rogen's blunt. Yeah, you better start that motherfucking rumor. I did. I sucked it, too. I was like, uh-oh, it's a little wet at the tip. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry, Seth Rogen. I'm the one. <laughs> sorry, everyone. I will say that they are high pretty much the entire time. They wake up. And productive as fuck. I was very impressed. It was hmm. super impressive. Because, you you know, we'd have like 4.30, 5 a.m. like call times and show yep. up. And those dudes are literally just like waking and baking and also like planning out shots. And you just yes. watch them effectively get a job done. Better than most people that aren't high. It was inspiring. Mm-hmm. Really and truly. I was like, I'm not living life properly. I think at one point, you know, you have snacks on set. Like in America, you'll get like a hot dog or like a turkey burger and they think they're being healthy. <laughs> we had like oysters and poutine. I was like, what the fuck? That was what? wild. Also... I think I cooked at his house one night. This is all coming back to me like a fever dream. That's right. That was crazy. They were doing a movie at the same time, and the boys from, what's the name of that show they had on Comedy Central? Workaholics. Workaholics. That's right. Yeah, the Workaholics dudes were shooting up there at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And Shuglin Beard was there, and I made oxtail for like 20 people. I don't know why. I just wanted to. (laughs) And it was good oxtail. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. (laughs) God, so much has changed since then. You never made me oxtail. What the fuck, Michelle? You never made me no oxtail. Oh, fuck. But what have I made, you and your family? (laughs) You've made me so much food. (laughs) Not much. My husband barbecues, not me. Do you guys get to hang a lot now? Not as much as I would like because she abandoned me and moved out of Brooklyn. Oh, no. Where are you now? I'm in City Island, which is a little part of the Bronx. Oh. And it's like a little fishing town, and it's cute as fuck. I mean, I feel like we've all entered the next phase of adulting. We have kids now. We have to think of space and school districts and yeah. yard and where we're going to put the car and how many steps we got to fuck with and, you know, can we have a dishwasher? You know, all that shit. And so Jordan's family is definitely part of the quarantine. Like, we hang. Yeah. Our kids love each other, but fuck, boo, you got a kid now. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> it's a wild choice. <laughs> it is. <laughs> We all made some wild Yo, choices, huh? A little girl, little boy. She's a little girl. She's uh, 10 and a half months old. And come on. she can stand. She cannot yet walk, but she'll get there. She'll learn to do mm-hmm. that eventually, I'm told. And and yeah. she's pretty cool. She's a cool lady. I like her. Oh, I love uh, that you like her because that happens too. Yeah. No, I've talked to a few friends who were like, nah, I ain't, I ain't a big fan. Like, they mm-hmm. cool, but I ain't. I'm not, like, in love deeply yeah. with the baby. Damn. That's real. No one talks about it because they feel bad about it, but that's real. Like, just because it's your DNA, there are people in your family that you don't like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm, it happens. Just because you're related doesn't mean that you have to like each other. And I also think with babies especially, they're mm-hmm. constantly, and it's it's just a function of their nature, they're constantly taking, right? Like, that is mm-hmm. who they have to be for mm-hmm. the first year to two years of their life. They don't give a I lot. I was like, 18 years, yes, go oh, on. Oh, sure. I don't know. I'm I'm hopeful that this changes, but apparently it doesn't. They just keep... 30 to 40 years. Yes, go ahead. But I, <laughs> after you're gone. After you're gone, they will stand on their own two feet. Your daughter's standing right now. They're just going to steal rings from your grave site (laughs) after you're gone. It's so funny you say that because I was like, if you want to have a kid and you've dated someone who is useless, you'll be able to have a kid because you're just taking care of someone that doesn't do anything for you. And that's what it's like, especially in the beginning. Now, I always ask. (laughs) especially any new dad, did you feel just like hella useless in the beginning because it was all your wife? Yeah. No, you you feel like a a loser Uh, when every time (laughs) the baby needs something, you got to be like, hey, the baby... Yeah, the baby crying. The baby don't like me no more. You got to fix it. But I will say that that the triumph, when you finally reach that triumphant moment of being able to put your kid to sleep on your own without yes. like any, mm. anyone else mm. jumping in is fucking huge. Once you start learning like rhythmic things that like even mm-hmm. like there are things I can do for my daughter that my wife can't. And yes. that's like 
All right, yeah, I'm doing something. Ooh. Now, I cannot sustain her life, and I thank her every day for <laughs> keeping her alive. But, you know, when it comes to... <laughs> To making her laugh, I got this. I, I got you. You're the playmate. You're the playmate. Yes. I'm hilarious to this baby, and and I'll I'll take Aww. that every day. You know. Oh, I love Aww. that. I love. See, I can do it all. You know, nobody wants to follow <laughs> my alphabet because it's giving. She's got her own. <laughs> you're you're the homie. Then the day is made when you're around. Is that is that what's up? I'm I'm a fun hang, and then I I dip off because uh, responsibility has to kick <laughs> in for for everyone else. Jordan told me like. I don't even remember when you said this. Probably like when the babe before they were born. I don't remember. But he was like, as a parent, you have to learn how to parent yourself. Mm. Tell me more. Absolutely. Go home, bro. That kind of stuff. Oh, you know, let's sure. say you're out. It could even be five. And people are like, let's go get some drinks at the thing thing. And you're like, well, you know, I probably shouldn't because my mate's not doing that. So right. rather than tell her, you know, that I did this with these people while you were stuck with, with baby... I'm going to just go home. Like that kind of yeah. thing. Thinking of your partner before your own needs for a while. And that's how it is for a while. But it's not forever. It's not forever. And especially in those early nascent moments and that period, it's going to change. You'll see. It changes. Like you get your time back and you get a lot of your life back. And that's interesting because that's what it was like for you. But for me, it was like, I got to stop having my parents tell me their opinions because it's not absolute. Wow. Like, I got this. Like, I'm the parent now. Mm. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Do you have a picture of your baby? Oh, yeah, I'll show you. My uh, screensaver pictures are of her uh, looking insane because that's funnier to me, but... <laughs> oh, this is a yeah. decent one. This is nice. This is... That's oh, her. my goodness. Oh, my God. Yo, drop it in the chat, bro. Yeah, so she's cute. just a fat lady. Oh, she's so squishy. She looks like your wife. What the, she's healthy. Yeah. She probably looks like her baby <laughs> no. pictures. No, no, no. I'm making her jog as soon as them legs work. I no. love it. I'm joking. I will say enjoy it. She's just about to start walking. And I say enjoy it while she's still crawling and stuff because yeah. my daughter walked at 10 months, but she didn't just start walking. She started running. I was like, you got to come back. And then my son <laughs> oh. did not walk till he was a year and a half. So with twins, I'm carrying... And he's like... He's the size of Bruno Mars right now, and he's three and a half. You know what I Whoa. mean? He's big. <laughs> no shade to Bruno. I love Bruno. Hey, he's a handsome little guy. Yeah. That was a double takedown. I love it. Look, Encanto <laughs> says we don't talk about Bruno. I love to talk about Bruno. I love him. <laughs> Bruno's my Beyonce. I love Bruno Mars. He's, right? He's, He's wow. I've saw him in concert on on Molly and it was truly one of the more euphoric moments of my life. Oh yes. Did it make you want to buy a wig and a gold chain? I thought I had one on the entire time. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> Did you want to call out to Julio the whole time? <laughs> Julio, get the trick. Get the whip. Yeah. Oh my I'm goodness. Like, what in the Morris Day is happening with this guy? He just found his wave. He was like, look, y'all ain't gonna call it appropriation if I fuck with 1983 black people shit. Just that's where I'm gonna live. That's true. That's true. Shalomar. Yeah. Okay. You're right. <laughs> oh, what a dad laugh. Enjoy that baby fat because I love when a toddler like they look like they got a little beer belly, mm -hmm. you know? Oh, and you could just, and they mouth breathe. They're like, uh, uh. 
<laughs> she does do that. Just be kissing that belly. Have you ever seen that video of like this, like a Thai baby that's smoking a cigarette? You ever seen that baby? I have seen that video. <laughs> yeah, and it's heartbreaking, but also real hilarious. Cute. <laughs> a two-year-old with hypertension. I will say that that one of the things that somebody told me that ended up being like super helpful, even when it just like first six months type shit, is like as a dad, you should just change every diaper. And that was big for for mm. us because it was like, oh, she's crying in the middle of the night. And this is before, back when we were stupid and we thought we had to change her every time she cried in the middle of the night. But mm-hmm. like stuff like that, if I pop up and change the diaper, I've done what I can do. And then that allows my my wife to then take on the responsibility of staying awake with the baby. But I've, I've been good dad all the way through it. You know, I've helped. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's huge. Hell yeah. Playing a role, making making the other person not feel alone or like going through this alone. Yeah. That's, oh. I think especially as partners, because if you've been with each other for so long, you just feel like you know. But I think checking in and be like, what do you need? Like, Mm-hmm. Like, what do you need me to do for you to feel comfortable, relaxed, rested is huge. And, like, actually mean it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's an easy fix to a lot of stuff if you're being communicative inside of it. It's not mm-hmm. always a comfortable mm-hmm. fix, but it is an easy fix as long as you're sort of talking it through. But when yeah. you're not, it it becomes, like, much more complex because now I'm resentful of the fact that you didn't ask or we didn't talk about this shit and I had to do it by myself. And now it's stacking on top of each other and making things real messy for baby and everyone involved. Oh, the resentment can build real quick. Yeah. I have a question. What is the biggest misconception you think people have of not only comedians, but black male comedians? Mm. Who? That's tough because I I think if I were to give an answer, it feels like a very 1996 answer. (laughs) Does that make sense? That like I wasn't even born yet, but go ahead. Well, (laughs) I assure you, I was around. (laughs) But you know, it used to be like, oh, we're all like humping stools and 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 wearing big suits and running the stage. And now I feel like we've we've introduced more of a a nuance approach mm-hmm. to to what comedy can be. Mm. We run the gamut now in a way that I don't necessarily know that I feel stereotyped as often as, as uh, I guess, a former version of this career probably did. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Where, where do you land in this? Jeez. I think it's maybe like there's still a glass ceiling a little bit about what we can talk about. I love talking about like class stuff. And mm. that just really gets people's booty holes puckered. And then I just feel like once I start talking about race again, they're like, ah, better, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I have noticed that. And if I stray and talk about things that are actually things that they don't expect me to talk about, then, you know, it still feels as though, like, I'm getting an energy from the audience of, of like, we're just not sure that we can trust you with these jokes. Stay in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Stay in the box, please. Yeah. There is still this want for uh, Black comics to sort of like in the staying in the box it's also a, a little bit of like stay on the right side of of what we consider to be like history or correct or whatever it is and niggas right. can get messy too you know what i mean like we yeah. we deserve mm-hmm. the opportunity to go up there and be figure it out mm-hmm. uh problematic and weird and then oh also figure it out and yeah. yeah exactly speaking to that like i think Players, when I think of the way I hear people talk about black male comedians, it's like they're all going to be play. Like even if they are married with kids, Mm. it's like, well, he they can't be. I don't know why that I get a lot. And then also, I feel like we're just supposed to be happy all the fucking time. Oh yeah, happy all the time. Like even if it's just like running into you at a line or just, like, just do the thing. You know what I mean? Like, make the joke. Say the thing. You know, it's like happy clown. Like, do that shit. That's what I feel like sometimes. Yeah, I, I will say yeah. that that Black people as artists, I feel like, need to be in the eyes of the public showmen, show people mm-hmm. uh, in a way that I don't think is always asked of our white counterparts, right? That like the show can never cease with us. Otherwise, we are unlikable or difficult or mm. whatever the fuck. Whereas like if a white dude is just sitting around grumpy, we 
recognized it as like, oh, he's a complex individual with like layers yeah. and nuance. And it's like, nah, that's just a mean motherfucker, man. Some of yeah. this shit you're just like giving grace to and not the other way around. Right. Yeah. Yo, I, I feel like I feel like this. Sometimes people love your rhythm but hate your blues, right? Mm. And that happens a lot, a lot with black male comics or black people in general. The second that you get deep uh, or the second that you do a stop down, yes. it's like everybody's butthole puckers. And you're like, come on now, y'all. Like, I was just entertaining you for the past, what, umpteen minutes. And now I just want to say one real thing. And y'all are like, I don't know. I can see the strings at the puppet show. You know, like, it's, know. it's like, I'm not, I can't spoon feed you forever. I want to have some, I want to get something out of this experience as well. But it's not going to stop me. Yeah. It has, like, it's made me afraid, but it hasn't, like, stopped me. And it's okay, you know? It's, like, it's all right. Ultimately, it feels like just straight-up pandering because it's, like, mm. I'm working on my shit, too. I just happen to be doing it in front of you guys. Right. So yeah. just enjoy the bits that you did laugh at. But I'm a real-ass fucking human being with experiences, so let me fucking do this. Yeah, and I think in that way, uh, there is, in the grander conversation we're having, there there is sort of a want to remain inhuman for an, the, the audience, right? That as long as we don't start making human connections, mm. we remain funny and entertaining. And maybe that's just a, a fault of comedy in general. It's like they don't want us to be human beings. They want us to be... Like you said, s silly clowns. And then at mm -hmm. some point they go, all right, that's too fucking human for my taste. I'm not having yeah. fun anymore. And and the yeah. dance is really figuring <laughs> out a way to to get these motherfuckers to accept us as human as we want to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like whoever's listening to this, whoever needs this, I don't like whoever does this, just fucking stop and chill. You know, I remember when Lizzo, <laughs> just stop and chill. It's too much. You're like, it's like, are you the police of everybody's fucking emotions? Like, I remember when Lizzo posted that she was working out and everyone's like, oh, no, she's working out. It's like, yeah, bitch, cholesterol. Like, she's still going to be thick and beautiful. Like, the fact that even if you're not even in the public eye or have the experience on right. stage to, like, clap back at someone, that people still have the desire, the need to tell you what they think is fucking wild. And, like, we are all raising kids in a time where they have to think for themselves in real mm -hmm. life and then also on internet. And that's fucking crazy. That's, again, one more job that I didn't want to have to fucking do. Yeah, and I, I think even to that, like, I thinking about the Lizzo shit, it's like, all right, even if she was working out just truly because she, like, was like, yo, I don't want this figure anymore, whatever, mm. goals change. I, sense of self changes, and that's okay. Right. It's perfectly normal for a human being to be like, hey, I woke up today and I want to be different. And I think we've reached a weird space in, in society where we go, no, bitch, you pick your position. You stay exactly as you are as the big girl that twerks with flutes. And she's like, yo, I don't even want to play flute no more. I just, I just want to read and and grow bananas or whatever the fuck Lizzo's planning to do next. <laughs> Adele was able to do it, though. Adele, like, went from her plus size down to where she is. But they got mad at Adele for that shit. Yeah. Yeah, but she got through it. I feel like she got through it. I am now, like, I'll be like, oh, yeah, Adele was like that. Yeah. She dropped an amazing album to follow it. She got divorced. She dropped the weight, dropped mm -hmm. an album, and then dropped her ass on some black dick. Mm -hmm. And people were like, okay. Right. She you, had a journey. I'm here for it. You got a lot going on, sister. We're going to let you see this through. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. We'll talk when you're on the other side. You clearly got some shit you're, you're operating through. Yeah, it's a blueprint. We get questions from our audience members about adulting, and we'd like to ask you some. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. Oh, my God. There's so many good ones. Okay, this one, let's just get out of the way because I think it's important. Nobody ever talks about it. It's entertaining, but also annoying. Somebody, one of our listeners wants to know, should I get a vanity license plate? Oh, uh, um, oof. Should I answer first or do you? Yeah, yes, please. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, yes, you should. <laughs> <laughs> really? Here's, here's why. My first instinct is to say, no, that's loser behavior. Don't you dare do that. 
But but I think if I'm really thinking it through, mm-hmm. if that's something that makes you feel whole as a person, <laughs> if it truly is going to fill a void in your life, then okay. just get that vanity license plate. Now, if you get it and that hole still sits there, you got to go to therapy. You got to self-reflect because you made a big choice and it didn't solve your problems. But I say go for it if this is a gap that you feel missing in your person. I mean, if we had a microphone, we drop it. They're too expensive. They're podcasting <laughs> microphones. I love it. But that, we don't but, need to follow. Oh, sorry. We got to follow. We got two fingers and a follow-up. I just want to ask what, go around and ask what uh, your vanity plates would be. Oh, oh, man. I think mine would be like, be yourself or some shit. You know what I mean? Or like, be yeah. beautiful. Or like, Something about booty. Something about booty. Yeah, I think mm. I'd do something real stupid, which is why I know I'm not supposed to. Like, I would get like, <laughs> it would say like, not Cisco's car or, or something like that. Ooh. It's like, what, what did you do that for, man? You spent how much money to, yeah. to make it clear that this isn't Cisco's car? What's wrong oh, with you? Oh, no. <laughs> Next question. My daughter went to her father's house, my ex, for the weekend, and I found out that his girlfriend cut my daughter's hair. <gasps> I didn't expect that shit. Now I'm having some... Okay. Whoa. She said it was more than a trim, and I did not give her permission. What do I do? What do I do? Oh, you murder that Ooh. lady. You No, <laughs> okay. we can't We cannot say. advocate. We cannot say Violence. that. <laughs> okay. You confront that lady, <laughs> and you demand... That she grow your daughter's hair back because that's insane. <laughs> that is truly wild. How dare you? That is some trifling shit right there. I cannot believe. I think it's a never again. I think it's like a never again. Like, okay, you've done this. There's no unbaking the cake. Yeah. The next time, ask my permission. Okay. I'm I'm not coming in that nice. I'm not coming yeah. in that nice. It's not her kid. She did not grow the kid. She did not have the kid. Um, she is not the kid's mother. <laughs> she's not allowed to see. She's not allowed to be over there when ex girl where where girlfriends there anymore. Period. For me, co-parenting is hard. Parenting together when you love someone is hard. Imagine if you're not together and don't see eye to eye. This is some trifling bullshit. Why doesn't one of her kids come over to my house? Now it's me. And then I give him a tattoo. I mean, oh, I like that. Okay, you can yeah. cut my daughter's hair, but I get to tattoo your child. I love that, <laughs> Michelle. I love how you clinched there. You're just like, you know why? Because I, I like I had this moment with my husband because I was filming for Swaps Club in Atlanta for three months. When I came back, baby boy's hair was cut, and I'm like. That is his crown. How dare you? And we had because my husband's white. We had a whole last conversation of what it means to have hair. Mm. Oh boy. Black mixed <laughs> hair. And I was like, this is important for different reasons. And then he was like, didn't even think about it. I'm like, you bald. And sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why would you? And so, and that's a conversation with somebody that I love. Yeah. I just don't think you can, this can be that peaceful because this person is still going to be around your child and mm-hmm. clearly doesn't function from the instinct of respect and care mm. from the beginning. Right. So yeah. like whatever this is, you gotta there's gotta be a little smoke here. It can't just be a a polite conversation. Yeah. It's not cool. Tell your no. lawyer. You trying to roll up on him, Langston. Yeah, no, I, I'm beating knees. You know what I mean? Like that's unacceptable <laughs> behavior. <laughs> you guys, this is a really important question that I think the guys should answer. Uh oh. I really hate to swallow. Yes. Do I have to? I really hate to swallow. Do I have to? Is it bad not to swallow? Ooh. Are we talking about mouthwash? <laughs> don't swallow your mouthwash. That's not good for don't you. Don't swallow Listerine. I don't know if this is from a male or a female. Oh, I don't think that matters. I think I think the rule yeah. is still the rule. What's the rule? Some people want you to gargle the Listerine. Some people want you to (laughs) spit it back up. But let me tell you something. Oh, God. I have no judgments either. Did you not? Can we not have an adult conversation about this? Yes, we can. Here's what I'll say. (laughs) I'm 35 years old. Yes. If there is a a lady, uh, a person (laughs) in my life who ain't swallowing... You're out of here, sister. Get beat, hit the road. <laughs> We're all doing stuff we don't like. Hit the bricks, sister. You're done here. I honestly, uh, I respectfully disagree, Langston. I feel as though that moment at those heightened moments of orgasm, um, I feel like it's it's okay for you know, like maybe you don't want to take somebody's sweet sausage in the in the mouth, you know, and just like 
<laughs> I think it's I think it's all right. You know, I think it's all right. I think it's like spray another way because there's like sometimes I hear it doesn't taste great, you know? Oh, you haven't tasted yours? No. No. Never tasted my funky spunk. Oh, you should. Why? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's gross. No, it's not. It's from your body. Everyone's like sticking their fingers in holes and licking it and being like, oh my God, I'm tasting myself. You should taste yourself. No, that's that's a very charming thing for a lady to do. That's a fucking grotesque <laughs> thing for a man. <laughs> that's like coy, fun foreplay for a lady. That is ghoulish behavior for a man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sure it's wintergreen and fresh. By the way, I don't think you need to swallow. If you don't like to swallow, don't. Thank you. Yeah. I say you can't have the six without the nine. So why are we even trying to suck it dry unless you had an orgasm? Did you have an orgasm first? Make sure you sit on his face and figure out how to get you before you do that. Maybe if he fucking gives you an orgasm first, yeah. then you'd be like willing to swallow if we're really going to get into it. Whoa. Okay. So I hadn't considered this possibility I did not consider the possibility that the reason this person is not swallowing is because they are unsatisfied on their own end. That's oh, If that's the case, Maybe. person, then my apologies to you. You deserve to come. That said, if you come, you better swallow that nut. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> swallow that nut. You got your side of it. Now swallow that goddamn nut. <laughs> I... I'm so sorry and glad that I asked this question. It's a little bit of both. I think we have time for one more question. We have time for one more. Let me ask a pretty serious one, and it's definitely on the same topic. How much should I be saving for my kid's college education? Whoa. Oh, I don't frankly know exactly. yet. Uh, my daughter hasn't reached a year yet, so I'm not 100% oh, sure. I, you're not saving yet, Lexi? We are saving. How dare you? We're saving. <laughs> <laughs> I think a better way of approaching it is more like ties for the church, right? You should think more in terms mm. of percentage of like what you can give rather mm -hmm. than obligating yourself to a lump sum that may feel like it's putting you underwater in an unfair way. Okay. The thing is, is like, save what you can. See what kind of kid you have first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You might not have the kind of kid that needs to go to school. They could do something else. You might have the kind of kid that is so smart that you can get some sort of scholarship. So I say, get to know your kid first before you start figuring out where they should go to school. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in these days and times when uh, tuition is going up. I will say that you can, of course, uh, register for a 529 college plan. They have them in, in various states. And you get tax deferment um, and tax deduction using these plans. So it's like having a coupon. Um, I think the maximum you can uh, put in to each account in New York State is 15000 per child. And so you'll get a rebate on your taxes for that. But then also outside of that, I was just reading this really great book called The Price of Admission by Daniel Golden. He talks all about how the college game is rigged. And one thing that people do definitely gets a lot of white students in is play sports yeah. that are what are called country club sports. Now, that might mm. be sailing, rowing, things mm. like squash. Mm -hmm. And there are actually now inner city programs for squash yeah. and rowing. And if you have a black child that is interested mm. in rowing or squash, two things you can do in the city, and there are programs for them, then they give you an actual bump, wherein you could get a full-on scholarship at a college of your choice. Whoa. Oh, I love it when he gets Cory Booker on that ass. Yeah, Come on, Jordan. That. That Hold on, let nice. me put my glasses on. Let me put my glasses on so you believe me. There you go. I, That's it. I, you know what? I was going to say, uh, the world is ending and college won't exist soon, so fuck it. But no, <laughs> I, think, I think Jordan's right. Do, do, do what he said. <laughs> no, oh, my God. It's a beautiful book. I recommend it highly. So you just see what the whites are doing. See what the rich whites are doing and then copy that shit. Racquetball, baby. 100. See what the rich whites are doing, copy. Okay, Langston, we ask every guest of ours, what's the most adult thing you want to do for yourself this year that you haven't been able to do yet? Mm, I need to, and I already know immediately, I need to start stretching. I don't stretch very often. Hmm. I exercise far more than I stretch <laughs> And it's eventually going to catch up to me and something is going to blow up in my body. 
So yeah. I gotta, I gotta stretch if I don't. Y'all can't see this because it's a podcast, but Langston meant that shit because he was giving me Obama <laughs> fingers. You know what I mean? Like when he was doing a speech, Obama fingers. He meant it. So please go get your downward dog and your sun salutation. I need to stretch, and now I'm gonna sing a little Al Green to send us home. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! It's so fun to see you, friend. I hope to long. see you in person one day. Yeah, man. When I get to LA, I'd love to, I'm going to hit you up, man. Yeah, let's hang. I'd love that. <sighs> All right, I'm tired. It's time for the edible. Bye. We did it. Oh, my goodness. You know what I love? I love when podcast hangs feels like a Friendsgiving where you do a proper-ass check-in and then also recap all the crazy shit we've done in the last, like, five to ten years. For sure. Do it. Because the last two and a half years have been bullshit, right? So we might as well just, like, reminisce. Like, for a while, Instagram became the ultimate TBT. You're just like, well... I ain't doing shit, but I did do this one year. <laughs> I know. I can't believe that y'all did. Like, that is awesome that you got to have that adventure in Vancouver together. And it kind of shows that something I miss about uh, film and television is the socialization that we just don't have quite back yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not there. Yeah. But you got it. And it was an adventure. And it was like, what we do, making comedy, making making art, making laughs. At its best. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It does feel like when you can do comedy and film TV shows and film safely, yeah. it, it, you know, in between takes, it's like contagion. You know what I mean? You're just in a hazmat suit eating your peanut butter and jelly with like rubber gloves. But it is nice that we could still connect. And I just say, I don't know, y'all. Call a friend that you have a good memory of that you haven't talked to in a while mm-hmm. and just reminisce on that one drunken night that you guys tried to get into a strip club in Vancouver and <laughs> got denied. You know, it's like, that was fun then. It's still fun now. Just do Listen, it. And this is what happens when you smoke Seth Rogen's blunt. You know, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> you better start that rumor yet again. <laughs> oh my God. Bye, everyone. This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Natalie Rin. Senior managing producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. This episode was sound designed and engineered by Ryo Bomb. Our guest booker is Patrick Kotner. Our theme song is by DJ Don Will. Photography by Chris Vandermost. Artwork by Jamie Bechtel. Executive produced by Karen Kilgariff, Georgia Harstark, and Danielle Kramer. Follow the show on Instagram at adultingthepod. Email your questions to adultingquestions at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Follow Adulting with Michelle Buteau and Jordan Carlos on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show and visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase adulting merch.